Welcome to this week's episode of the Life Group Leader Podcast. At Compass Bible Church, we exist to make disciples of Jesus Christ by reaching people for Christ, teaching people to be like Christ, and training people to serve Christ. And everything we do here at Compass, including this podcast and that Christmas celebration we just got finished with, where over 700 souls were here, and our women's Christmas coffee, and our kids' Christmas choir, and our new uh, our Christmas Eve service, all that stuff is to fulfill the mission of reaching, teaching, and training. I mean, I even think about things like the Next Steps Project. I mean, all of those things are to fulfill this mission that God has given the church, and in particular, in our own stewardship, our church here at Compass Bible Church. And Life Group Leaders, I hope that's an encouragement, and I hope that gives you that uh, motivation of why in the world we're, we do what we do here at our church and why you are even taking the time to listen to this podcast. And so with that being said, thankful for you guys. And as we look at our new uh, series, Joy to the World, we are looking at the first 18 verses of the Gospel of John with this first sermon entitled, In the Beginning. And I'll read that text for you in John 1, 1 through 5. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The preaching point of this week's sermon was grasping Jesus' divine identity and agency in creation is essential to understand the magnitude of his incarnational mission to save his creation. And the three teaching points were this. Point number one, we need to unequivocally affirm the divine identity of Christ. I have found something uh, just so uh, appalling uh, to say uh, to say it not mildly and to say it mildly uh, interesting and concerning that uh, there has been this movement. And I know it's been going on way before I uh, was born or even a thought in, uh, in the world, but that there is this movement to uh, try to unhitch anything that people would, uh, would deem as quote-unquote unnecessary when it comes to the Bible uh, when it comes to the gospel of Jesus Christ, anything unnecessary, any of those things that may be hard to believe or hard to grasp, that we, we can remove those things uh, and still somehow understand God and still somehow be in right relationship with God through Christ. Uh, and I just think of things even that I, I, I talked about in the, uh, the sermon of the virgin birth, even as we looked at Genesis 3 there in, in verse 15, of that idea that, that we see the promise of the seed of woman coming to redeem the world, to crush the head of the serpent. I mean, we can't get rid of the virgin birth. Right? We can't get rid and we can't remove and we cannot mitigate or, er, or otherwise anything to do with the absolute divinity of Christ and his equality with the Father. And uh, that's why point number one is so firm, that we need to unequivocally affirm the divine identity of Christ. That's what makes the manger such an incredible picture of the mercy and grace of God that he himself became uh, his creation to be clothed in humanity to take our place so it's important for us we can't just because we want to make things 
uh, easier and easier to swallow, if you will, uh, to take things that are gospel 101, that are, that are basic tenets of the Christian faith. We've got to make sure that we unequivocally affirm the divine identity of Christ. And there are uh, some, some good uh, application questions that I hope help you and lead your life group this week to think rightly about the divine identity of Christ, the equality he has with the Father. There are a lot of texts, and I hope you took good notes in the sermon, but there are plenty of texts, even the application questions, that draw um, and accentuate that truth of the divine identity of Christ as you guys go through your application questions. Point number two is that we need to attribute the universe's existence to the baby in the manger. And what I'm hoping that this point does as it really hones in there on verse 3, that all things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. And so for us, as we are during this Christmas season, as we celebrate, as we do our shopping, as we have our conversations with our family, extended family, friends around the dinner table, or uh, wherever we are gathering in this season, that we can say with absolute certainty and with uh, absolute resolve that we can say confidently that that baby that, that we have there as a, as a character, there that's represented there in that manger over there in your nativity scene in the corner is the creator of the universe, is the master architect of all creation and created you and me. And I think that, even in its own application and devotional magnitude, is going to do something about the way that we begin thinking about the next few weeks of our life, that the master architect of the universe had become and veiled himself in humanity. And we can look at that baby as a representative, uh, as we look at that, whatever, it's it's clay or, or plastic or otherwise, as of that thing for us to remember and to memorialize that God became man for us, born of a woman, born under the law. God sent forth his son to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. Point number three, we need to look to Christ as the remedy to our world's dilemma. And I love even uh, as, as you look at that point that is directed to point to verses four and five, that in him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. What I love about this point, and what I love about verses four and five, is it's broad in its scope. As a matter of fact, it's the most broad scope that you can think about when you think about this idea of remedy, and as you think of this idea of dilemma. The dilemma is, quite literally, everything. And it is personal, that is you, dealing with you, the dilemma that you have, a corporate dealing with the dilemma that we all have, um, universal, that idea that creation itself has a dilemma, uh, and cosmic, that is, even the things that are seen, unseen, visible, invisible, the thrones and dominions and rulers and authorities, there's the dilemma everywhere. And the remedy is also just as uh, expansive in, in the sense that the remedy is narrow, but the remedy is universal in its scope, in its uh, efficacy, in its potency. That is, Christ is the remedy to our world's dilemma, to the problem with war, to the problem uh, with, uh, with all of the problems that we tend to have even relationally, personally, or with our own separation with God. 
the problems that we have with pestilence, the, the problems that we have with disease and death and mourning and disease, all those things, all of that dilemma, the remedy is Christ. I mean, we see that even as we look at the Gospels, life group leaders and apprentices, that Christ, our Matthew series coming up in January, is talking about Jesus is greater. And you see Jesus conquering uh, nature on the Sea of Galilee as he calms the storm, as he's uh, powerful over demons and casts them out and sends them off, that he is powerful over disease and uh, infirmities and maladies and all of these things, that Christ is the remedy to our world's dilemma, pointing to the ultimate reality of Christ to save us from our sins, to bring us into right relationship with God and bringing us to a place one day of glorification where all of those things that he shows in in a microcosm becomes the macrocosm of all of the universe. And so we need to look to Christ as the remedy to our world's dilemma. There's a reason I wanted to spend time in that last point in our sermon to talk about justification, sanctification, and glorification. And I hope that's a helpful place for you guys to discuss in your life groups of looking at this truth that the gospel isn't just for my salvation. It's also for my sanctification. It's also for my glorification. And I trust and I hope and I believe that that it's going to be helpful for you guys as you guys are delving into your application questions that uh, if you need to, maybe go back and listen to the sermon, maybe take some more notes. I trust that uh, as you prepare for your application questions, even this commentary and a little bit of extra context may be helpful for you guys as you are looking at preparing well for your life groups this week. All right, life groups, short and sweet uh, this week in our Life Group Leader podcast. There's a couple of things I want you to keep in mind. This is our last week of Life Groups gathering. Now, I know many of us are going to, in the next week, are going to have our Life Group Fellowship Christmas parties. I know uh, Kayla and I are, are taking our Life Group to uh, have a Life Group Leadership or life, uh, life Group Fellowship with them, our Christmas party uh, coming up next week. And so we encourage you guys to do that and have as many fellowships as you'd like to have. We encourage you, even if we're not meeting, have fellowships. Uh, another reminder, life groups are off the week of December 18th, the week of December 25th, and the week of December 1st. And so we will not be gathering again officially, as our church's calendar states, until after the first week of January. But be reminded also, life group leaders, there's a mandatory training on January the 7th. It's going to be our Commitment Sunday. All of us as life group leaders and apprentice leaders are going to come together and we're going to uh, commit together uh, for this year of partnering together in life group leadership. And so you need to make sure you put that on your calendar. That's a Sunday. We'll be meeting after the 11 a.m. service. And so please mark that on your calendar. Make it a priority to be there. And if you're not going to be there, I, I I would hope that you've already reached out to me. Uh, if you haven't, make sure you do and make that let that be one of those little flare shots up in the air. Let me know as soon as possible because we're going to have to have a one-on-one meeting because everyone has to uh, s- everyone has to commit together for the next year of life group leadership here at our church. It's going to be a very important meeting as we orient ourselves rightly to uh, the new year and our part in what we are trusting God's going to do in the year 2024 Compass. Bible Church. Announcements. Did you know that we, yeah, I told you at the beginning, we had over 720 people at our Christmas celebration. I mean, that is second only to Easter this year. And so 
I want you to praise God for that. Take a moment to praise God for all the souls that he's bringing to our church. Uh, even during uh, the service, people signed up for baptism. People signed up for exploring compass. I'm trusting and praying that people even got saved in, in that service. And uh, for you guys, just to begin pr- praising the Lord. And, and don't get comfortable and used to amazing things happening. Uh, I think there's one, there's two things that can happen as, as leaders in our church. One, we can get so familiar with what God's doing that it is no longer as awesome as it once was. Or uh, the other problem is we have 2020 hindsight, which means that we don't really think anything of it right now, but we look back years from now and we say, wow, that was quite amazing what God was doing. Why don't we think about now as it really is and praise God for all that he's doing, the blessings he's given to our church, the fruitful growth that he's, he's provided in our church, and, and the fact that he gives you and I some privilege and some capacity to be a part of what he's doing. We're so grateful for that. Excuse me. And we have our kids' Christmas choir coming up this Sunday, 9 and 11. Cannot wait to celebrate Christ with our children up on that stage singing wonderful Christmas hymns. The following week is our Christmas Eve service. We have normal services at 9 and 11 a.m. We have kids. uh, We have Compass Kids, the same as we always do. Nothing is changing. We are having our normal services. Make sure you announce that to your groups at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. A couple of final announcements. Serve team celebration is Monday night, December the 18th, starting at 6 p.m. there at the Civic Center. And we have 250 people registered for this. So we are excited. It's going to get hype in there. We're going to have an absolute ball at the Civic Center. And we want you to know, if you haven't registered, it's not too late. But make sure you do so we know who's all going to be there. Our Next Steps project is well underway. And uh, we're praying and expecting God to provide all the means that we need to uh, complete that West Warehouse. And, um, and I'm trusting, I don't know, I mean, there's so many people excited to be a part of this, and I just want you, even as life group leaders and apprentice leaders, to be praying about even how you can partner with this, both in prayer and financially, over and above our regular offerings, to uh, expand our, our church in a much needed way. I mean, many of you know me well enough to know that I have uh, I've withheld uh, this, and in, in a lot of ways, this idea of like wanting to continue expanding uh, just for the sake of expanding. And so my philosophy and desire is to let's wear this building out. I mean, let's wear every square inch of this thing out. We think every single day how we can utilize every square inch where nothing goes to waste. And we're at that place where we're busting at the seams in the facility that we are stewarding right now. And the usable ministry space has uh, been maxed out. And so it's our turn to take the next step as a church family to renovate the next 5,000 square feet so that uh, you know God would be able to use that for the advancement of uh, the gospel here in New Braunfels. So get excited about that. If you want more information about that, you can go online at compasshillcountry.org, and there's a Next Steps banner right there in the front. You can give online in the, all the normal ways that you can give. You can also give to that there, and you can click on that banner, and it'll take you to our prayer list for the Next Steps project as well. Final announcement, we have baptisms coming up on January the 14th, so be sure to be reminding your life group, those who have recently been saved or those who have been saved and never been baptized, or even those who uh, were saved, uh, but they were baptized before they were saved, and they realized they were saved later in life, and to help them understand that need to put that in the right order. And so we are looking forward for those baptism services on January the 14th. We just want to encourage you to uh, announce that to your groups and uh, follow up with people who need to be baptized and help them see uh, what, what it looks like to be faithful. And uh, even as we look at scripture of that first step of obedience is believer's baptism. So with that being said, 
Life Group leaders, we look forward to January 14th, 9 and 11, there for the baptism services. So grateful for you guys. We This year, a time of year comes along, you just can't help but be thankful for all God has done. And part of what God has done is uh, equipped you all that are listening to this podcast to be such fruitful parts of our church family. And for that, very grateful. Look forward to seeing you again next week.